Nelson, the author of Tis a Season TV, the encyclopedia of Christmas-themed episodes, specials, and made-for-TV movies. I've been a pop culture junkie my whole life, and I went on to earn a bachelor's degree in film studies. I've been researching and writing about Christmas on TV for nearly 20 years, and I'm currently finalizing the updated second edition of the encyclopedia, which will come out next year in 2020. Some of you may know me from one of my other books, such as Triple Dog Dare, Watching and Surviving the 24-Hour Marathon of a Christmas Story, The Christmas TV Companion, or even Merry Musical Christmas, Volume 1, the best musical performances in sitcoms and dramas. Whatever brought you here, you should know Christmas TV history is kind of my thing. Thanks for tuning in. This episode's title is Hallmark Christmas Movies, and the history of made-for-TV Christmas movies. We are all familiar with Hallmark Christmas movies on TV. They are escapist entertainment, centering on a romance. The stories are predictable fantasies, always with a happy ending. The movies follow a strict formula. The lead character is a woman with a less than satisfying career who journeys to a small town during the holidays where she meets a special man who helps her gain clarity on her life, career goals, and her family relationships. And every scene sees the characters participate in a Christmas activity, whether it's chopping down a Christmas tree, decorating it, baking cookies, making a gingerbread house, shopping for gifts, wrapping them, or hanging the mistletoe. We are all familiar with the Hallmark branded Christmas movies because their unique style and formula dominate Christmas entertainment each year on TV. These movies, and there are an increasing number of them produced each and every year, continue to break Hallmark and the sister channel Hallmark Movies and Mysteries own viewing ratings. And that means advertisement sales rates too. At Christmas each year, Hallmark is the highest rated cable channel in the valuable demographic of women aged 25 to 54. Who buys most of the family's gifts and decorations? Mom and grandmom, that's who. In 2017, Hallmark's block of Christmas movies reached 72 million viewers. That's big business. It's such big business that Hallmark's unique style and formula for Christmas TV movie storytelling has come to dominate the industry. Viewers and fans use the name Hallmark Christmas Movie to refer to all TV holiday movies, like calling all sandwich cookies Oreos. Most people can no longer distinguish a lifetime Christmas movie or an up TV Christmas movie, and maybe even an Ion Network Christmas movie from the industry leader Hallmark One. But networks such as Freeform, TV One, and now even Netflix release new Christmas TV movies too most barely distinguishable from Hallmark's lot. More about that later. Before we examine the current situation in 2019 in any more depth, let me discuss how the films made for television began and how they developed over the decades. Of course, paying special attention to my specialty, Christmas and New Year's themed TV movies. Movies made for television can trace their origin to one of the most prolific and successful early TV formats of the late 40s throughout the 50s, their dramatic anthology, consisting of standalone narrative episodes. 
The stories might be originally written for TV, but just as likely adapted from popular literature or taken from successful stage plays. Probably the most popular example of a dramatic anthology is The Twilight Zone, although that series frequently embraced science fiction stories. So this is the basic format that I'm talking about, and dramatic anthologies filled all the network schedules. Let's talk about some of the outstanding examples of the Christmas installments of these dramatic anthologies. General Electric Theater created several Christmas installments. One story, entitled A Child is Born, is a musical opera staged in 1955 and again in 56 about the birth of the Christ child told from the perspective of the innkeeper. GE Theater also aired The Fourth Wise Man in 1960, a story about another magi who set out to follow the star and find the new king, a story adapted from a popular book. Goodyear TV Playhouse made Christmas Till Closing in 1955, starring Jessica Tandy, Hume Cronin, and Eileen Heckert, about a young wife who takes a temporary holiday job in a department store selling perfume. Her new job is an adjustment for her and her family. Dramatic anthology shows also restaged successful Hollywood films for TV viewers. Lux Video Theater created Holiday Affair in 1955, an adaptation of the Hollywood film from 1949 starring Robert Mitchum and Janet Leigh. In 1954, The Best of Broadway adapted The Man Who Came to Dinner, a play that was made into a movie in 1942 but the Best of Broadway TV version cast Monty Woolley, the same actor who played the title role in the film for the TV role. In 1955, 20th Century Fox Hour made Miracle on 34th Street, also known under the title Meet Mr. Kringle, and that's just to name a few. And of course, there were various dramatic productions of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. There were efficient half-hour productions and hour-long stagings. There were musicals, Victorian period productions, and highly interpreted ones. Some things never change, right? One of my favorite holiday episodes from a dramatic anthology is 1958's U.S. Steel Hour, entitled One Red Rose for Christmas. It stars Helen Hayes, who plays a reverend mother at an orphanage for girls, and a very young Patty Duke has a troubled little girl brought into the home. It is a nuanced story with characters eliciting complicated emotions. It was so popular and beloved by critics that it was restaged the following year, and Helen Hayes received an Emmy nomination for her role. Dramatic anthologies were very popular with viewers. The best of them discovered what worked best on TV, a medium with small screens shot with heavy cameras. Close-up shots of characters' faces revealing subtle emotions and complex characterizations, small internal stories. As you can imagine, action shots, grand outdoor landscapes, any pulled out full shot did not translate well in those early days of TV with the medium's limitations. We would eventually see the limitations of TV change as the technology developed over the decades. Interest in dramatic anthologies eventually waned when production costs grew. The best of the productions saw the limitations of live productions and wanted their installments taped or filmed for re-airing. Productions grew longer, raising costs, and TV itself grew into bigger business. In the 1960s, dramatic anthologies, which once filled the nightly schedules, began disappearing. Hollywood studios began appreciating the higher fees they were able to charge the TV networks for re-airing their movies, 
And soon, TV producers wanted to see if they could make their own movies for similar budgets they were paying to Hollywood studios to rent their films. The mid-1960s saw the birth of what we call the TV movie, a story running 90 minutes to two hours in length, airing with commercial breaks made to debut on TV. The more things change, the more they stay the same. The first TV movies were also just as likely to be adapted from literature, short stories, successful stage plays, as they were original works for TV. Many of the familiar writers, producers, directors, and actors from dramatic anthologies continued their careers into TV movies. Young actors on their way up in the industry, as well as older actors looking to extend their careers, turned to TV and TV movies as a way to work their craft. And the best of the early TV movies continued to tell small, internal stories with close-up shots of characters' faces. These small, emotional stories certainly characterized the best of the early Christmas TV movies. It would take the 1960s, 70s, and most of the 80s for TV movies to find their legs. By the time cable networks began making their own TV movies in the 90s, big changes came. But first things first, let's talk about those earliest Christmas TV movies. What I want to call the first Christmas TV movie is not without controversy. I'm talking about 1964's Carol for Another Christmas. Although it runs feature length, most other TV historians categorize the production as a TV special because of its sponsorship. It was entirely funded by one company to air only once. Xerox was the sponsor, and the production was made to support the United Nations. Yes, it's a Christmas TV production with a message. Watching it now, Carol for Another Christmas, feels like a TV movie. It fits in with other TV movies that came after it, and when it airs on Turner Classic Movies these days, even host Ben Mankiewicz calls it a TV movie, so I'm not alone. Carol for Another Christmas is an adaptation of Dickens' A Christmas Carol with Sterling Hayden playing the Scrooge character. What's different here is that the Scrooge character is hardened by his son's death in World War II, and so he embraces an isolationist political belief that countries should all keep to themselves around the globe. But this story was made in 1964, during the Cold War, when America was in constant tension with the Soviet Union, and we were beginning to escalate our involvement in Vietnam. In the movie, our Scrooge character doesn't want to spend Christmas with his family members who don't agree with his political beliefs, so he's visited by three ghosts. Some call the movie propaganda, others call it controversial, but it's hardly the first TV production made with a political message. Hell, it's not even the first Christmas program made with a political point of view. That aside, it was written by Rod Serling, the man who cut his teeth writing for early dramatic anthologies, frequently espousing a specific point of view. The cast is quite remarkable as well. I mentioned Sterling Hayden, but it also includes Ben Gazzara as the nephew Fred character, Steve Lawrence, Pat Hingle, and Robert Shaw as the three ghosts. There's Eva Marie Saint, James Shigeta, Peter Sellers, and even Britt Eklund. If you haven't seen it, I hope I've made you curious. This TV movie is a one-of-a-kind adaptation of Dickens' literary classic. Other early Christmas TV movies include 1969's Silent Night, Lonely Night, starring Shirley Jones and Lloyd Bridges, based on a play. It's a sensitive story about two strangers who meet while staying in a New England inn over the holidays and share an extramarital affair. Again, 
One of these internal stories was subtle emotions from the depiction of intimate moments, what TV dramas found they could do best within the limitations of the medium. There's also 1971's The Homecoming, A Christmas Story, a TV movie directed by Fielder Cook, who excelled in dramatic anthologies. This story, adapted from a novel written by Earl Hamner Jr., was so popular when it aired at Christmas time in 1971 that TV execs were inspired to turn the Depression-era Appalachian family into a regular series. It became the long-running series The Waltons. Other early outstanding Christmas TV movies include 1972's ABC Movie of the Week, Home for the Holidays, a suspenseful tale starring Sally Field, Julie Harris, Walter Brennan, and Eleanor Parker, 1977's The Gathering, starring Edward Asner and Maureen Stapleton. This is one of those TV movies that I'm most often asked about. Few who saw it when it originally aired have forgotten it. It's a tender story about a father diagnosed with a terminal illness who invites his grown children home for Christmas for what may be the last time. He's most eager to reconcile with an estranged son who'd fled to Canada to avoid the draft during the Vietnam War. One of the most beloved adaptations of Dickens' Christmas Carol come from this era of TV movies. I'm talking about George C. Scott's Christmas Carol from 1984. Upon its debut, critics praised it, and many consider it an equal to the best Hollywood Christmas carols. Over the decades, fans still sing this Christmas TV movie's praises. Some have made it a tradition to watch every year. My personal favorite Christmas TV movie from this era is one I'm willing to bet you've never even heard of before today. It's called The Gift. It debuted in 1979 and has unfortunately been forgotten. The movie stars Gary Frank and Glenn Ford, based on the book by New Yorker Pete Hamill. Another tender story, it takes place in the 1950s when a young man who has been away from home for the first time in the military grapples with his relationship to his father. It's a nuanced story about growing up and discovering one's identity. If you doubt my assessment of this TV movie, you should know that well-respected film critic Judith Christ placed the gift in her list of best TV movies of the year. The major networks CBS, ABC, and NBC debuted Christmas movies from the mid-60s through the 80s, but by the 1990s, cable TV networks were looking for new original programming to fill their schedules too. They jumped in with both feet to air new Christmas TV movies. The 1990s and 2000s saw A&E, USA, TNT, Lifetime, PAX, and Family Channel, which um, at that time eventually became Fox Family, then ABC Family Channel, and now finally Freeform. All joined the major networks in debuting Christmas TV movies. This 20-year period, the 1990s and 2000s, would not only see a growing number of the Christmas TV movies debuted each year, but it would also see an expansion in what stories were being told. Technology was changing in the medium. Home viewers were purchasing larger screens to reveal greater detail in the images being seen on screen. Camera technology had also grown and independent film companies had begun to thrive, so production was expanding. Cable TV networks were becoming more conscious of trying to appeal to narrower demographics to better capture specific viewers and sell commercial time to companies looking to appeal to specific consumers. An easy example is the Lifetime Network. 
they were looking to provide programming to women viewers and sold commercial rights to businesses targeting female consumers. The 1990s and 2000s also saw the rise of children's programming, family-friendly networks, African-American viewers, TV watchers looking to watch just science fiction, comedies, cartoons, the arts, or even classic TV shows from decades past. Christmas TV movies that debuted during this splintering often reflect in their stories an attempt to entertain fewer of the potential numbers of all TV viewers. This is a trend that continues to this day. So we also saw a rise in Christmas TV movies aimed directly at children. Christmas TV movies debuted on networks that were appropriate for the whole family. Others were meant to appeal to female viewers. We saw Christmas crime films, Christmas comedies, Christmas mysteries, and more. Fewer Christmas TV movies attempted to tell small stories about the internal lives of its adult characters. Instead, we see children at the center of many stories and much larger stories, some even with action scenes, hit the small screen. The range of possible plots opened up. Let me give some examples. In 2002, TBS debuted Breakaway, an action crime thriller, obviously inspired by Die Hard. Also known by the title Christmas Rush, it stars Dean Cain, Eric Roberts, and Erica Oleniak. The Disney Channel debuted The Ultimate Christmas Present in 2000 and Twas the Night in 2001, both starring children as the leads in stories specifically aimed at younger viewers. The 1990s saw the Lifetime Network begin rolling out Christmas TV movies that starred women, specifically for women viewers. Many of us recall 1995's Ebby, a female-centric adaptation of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, starring Susan Lucci, famous for her outrageous role as Erica Kane on the daytime soap opera All My Children. Here she plays Elizabeth Scrooge, also known as Ebby, a successful department store owner, working alongside Roberta Cratchit. It was not only unique to see an adaptation of A Christmas Carol featuring all-female roles, but it would inspire more female-led Scrooge stories. For example, in 1997, USA Network would debut Ms. Scrooge, starring Cicely Tyson as an African-American Ebenida Scrooge, a bank owner. 2000 saw a Diva's Christmas Carol debut on VH1, another African-American woman playing the lead role. Here, it's Vanessa Williams, but this time it's a comedy set in the world of show business. And in 2003, there was even A Carol Christmas on Hallmark, another comedy, this time with Tori Spelling playing the Scrooge character as a self-absorbed talk show host. In the 2000s, by the time Family Channel had changed hands twice to transform into ABC Family Channel, they continued the network's consistent release of new Christmas movies each year. Many may remember the set of films Snow and its sequel Snow 2 and Santa Baby and Santa Baby 2. But the best Christmas TV movie from the 2000s on ABC Family Channel may be 2007's Holiday in Handcuffs, a comedy starring Melissa Joan Hart and Mario Lopez. Hart plays a young woman who feels like she's falling behind expectation with her life. Under a lot of mental pressure, she snaps at Christmas, taking a stranger hostage. The 2000s saw the Hallmark Channel debut their first Christmas TV movies. They were much different from the formula of today's Hallmark movies. However, there are similarities. 
Romance was still a major factor in these early stories, including 2004's hit Single Santa Seeks Mrs. Claus and its 2005 sequel Meet the Santas, 2006's The Christmas Card, and 2008's The Most Wonderful Time of the Year. But these early days for Hallmark Christmas movies also saw powerful stories that were not romance-centered. In 2002, the movie A Christmas Visitor debuted on Hallmark starring Meredith Baxter, William Devane, and Dean McDermott. This story attempts to explore the often difficult emotions that arise at Christmas for people who are still grieving the loss of a loved one. In 2004, Hallmark debuted Angel and the Family that deals with a similar topic but from another perspective. And 2008's Christmas Choir, starring Jason Gedrick, Rhea Perlman, and Michael Sarazen. Gedrick plays a man who helps organize a choir of homeless men from a shelter based on a true story. These solid TV movies were meaningful stories with resonance for viewers. I still see people talking about all three of these decade-old TV movies in chat groups and on social media. It's a shame too few networks step outside the romance formula to continue to share holiday stories like these. While all these TV movies were debuting on cable, the major networks continued to debut Christmas TV movies too, most notably CBS. While NBC, ABC, and Fox eventually made fewer Christmas TV movies, in the 1990s and 2000s, CBS continued to release strong productions with healthy budgets. 1996 saw Mrs. Santa Claus, starring Angela Lansbury, showcasing her Broadway talent through an all-new original musical written by Tony winner Jerry Herman. 1997 was the debut of Borrowed Hearts, starring Roma Downey and Eric McCormack. CBS also rolled out the Angel Trilogy, A Town Without Christmas, Finding John Christmas, and When Angels Come to Town, released in 2001, 2003, and 4, respectively. All three featured an angel who helps people at Christmas, played delightfully by the one and only Peter Falk. Okay, so where are we now? What's been going on with Christmas TV movies in the past 10 years, and what do they look like in 2019? Well, product placement within Christmas TV movies has reached new heights in saturation. While we're probably all familiar with seeing Hollywood movies embrace selling food, products, and corporate logos on the big screen, TV has now fully embraced the financial revenue in their Christmas TV movies, too. In the last 10 years, the Hallmark Channel has grown to become the dominant force in making Christmas TV movies. Not only do they debut more Christmas TV movies than any other network, they also have such a strong formula of romance fantasies that most of the industry imitates their successful model. In 2019, Hallmark Channel is celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their block of annual Christmas programming they call Countdown to Christmas. In that decade, the programming would begin the last weekend in October, and it continues to January 1st. In the last 10 years, we've also seen Countdown to Christmas stretch to become a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week schedule of TV movies during those eight weeks. Hallmark has ritualized the release of new movies airing alongside their growing archives. New movies are released on Saturday and Sunday evenings during Countdown to Christmas and one each night during Thanksgiving week. It is July 2019 when I'm recording this,
but Hallmark has already released the information that we should expect more than 40 new Christmas TV movies for the upcoming 2019 holiday season spread across Hallmark and Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And both are hosting a month-long Christmas in July block of programming, rebroadcasting movies from their archives. If you're not already there, I want to impress upon you what big business Christmas TV movies have grown to become. And it is this popularity and the money involved that drive more and more of Hallmark's romance fantasies that now dominate the industry. What do the other networks' Christmas TV movies look like? Most are also romance fantasies, especially Lifetime, Up TV, and Ion, although the stories are less rigid about the formulaic plots. Even Netflix has made comparable Christmas romance fantasies. Up TV has also been known to make Christmas TV movies with families at the center, and sometimes the stories have more spiritual meanings or inspirational messages. Both TV One and BET are releasing new Christmas TV movies too, but with African-American characters and families at the center. Lifetime is pretty good with including African-American characters as the lead in their Christmas TV movies, sometimes even a gay character as a best friend or sibling to the main character. In 2018, Hallmark holiday movies finally became more diversified, a criticism that they deserve and have been slow to change. These other networks, too, might stray from the formula to debut a movie about a dog, but almost all Christmas TV movies these days are about a woman's relationship, her career, and or bringing her family together. The exceptions to this formula are few and far between. Within that formula, let's look at some of the trends. In 2018, Netflix released The Christmas Chronicles, starring Kurt Russell as Santa Claus. The streaming family film saw quite a few special effects and action sequences. It was also quite popular. I'm hoping this story inspires more films to be made outside the Hallmark formula. 2018's Christmas TV movies also saw quite a few that centered around music. While music has long been a popular theme in Christmas TV movies, more often than not, the stories indirectly embrace music or feature only a portion of a song performance. Last year's Christmas TV movies took holiday music to the next level. Country Music's Leanne Rimes played the lead in Hallmark's It's Christmas Eve and released the very first official soundtrack to a Hallmark Christmas TV movie. Some of you probably saw Hallmark's Christmas at Graceland last year as well. Not only was it shot at Graceland, the former home of the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley, and a tourist destination for music fans from all over the world, but it starred American Idol alum Kelly Pickler and includes numerous performances by her and her co-star, Wes Brown. Last year, on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, we saw the debut of Time for Me to Come Home for Christmas, adapted from a book written by Dorothy Shackelford and Travis Thrasher, inspired by a song Shackelford wrote and recorded with her son in 2012. Who is Shackelford's son? None other than Blake Shelton himself. And yes, the song Time for Me to Come Home for Christmas is performed in the movie by the male lead actor-singer Josh Henderson. Lifetime's Christmas TV movies also followed this trend in music last year with Christmas Harmony, Jingle Bell, and Every Day is Christmas. What trends will come in the new Christmas TV movies released this holiday season? I hope you'll tune in with me and find out. 
Want to read more about what I've talked about here? I hope you'll check out my books, but you can also look into these reference works for more information. Big Pictures on the Small Screen by Alvin Merrill. Movies Made for Television by Alvin Merrill. Live Television Drama, 1946 through 51 by William Hawes. And Are You in the House Alone? A TV Movie Compendium, 1964 through 99 edited by Amanda Reyes. Thanks for listening. I'm Joanna Wilson, and you can find out more about me and Christmas on TV in general at my website, www.christmastvhistory.com. I'd love to hear from you. You can tell me your thoughts on Christmas TV history and on this podcast. You can find my contact information at that website or on social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Tis a Season TV, the name of my encyclopedia. Thanks for listening.